and welcome to The Budget Mouse, a podcast that will help you have an incredible Walt Disney World vacation, even if you're on a shoestring budget. I'm Leah, the blogger behind The Budget Mouse and The Frugal South. I visit Disney World many times each year and have tons of tricks for doing Disney on the cheap. I want you to have the incredible vacation you deserve, so I'm sharing all of my tricks with you on my sites and here in the podcast. This week's show is all about getting around on the ground in Walt Disney World on a budget, so let's dive in. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to episode 39. Getting around Walt Disney World is baffling, whether you're staying on property or off. So this week, I'm going to give you the lowdown with my tips for how to navigate ground transportation at Disney World when you're trying to go on a budget. But before I dive into that, I get to thank two new patrons this week, and I am thrilled to be able to do that. So special thanks to Vanessa and Suzanne, who are supporting the show with a small monthly contribution through our Patreon page. So if you want to get more details and see see the kind of behind the scenes extra content that they're getting as a thank you for their donation, head to Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash the budget mouse. Figuring out how to get from one place to another on Walt Disney World property can be a big stumbling block to many people's vacations. So I wanted to take an episode to explain the ins and outs of getting around Walt Disney World property. We're talking about a place that is twice the size of the island of Manhattan. And I think it's just as confusing with figuring out how to get from here to there. So I think it's best to split this into if you're staying off property or if you're staying on Disney property at a Disney World resort, because the challenges are different. So I'm going to start with if you are staying off property. The most common experience people have is actually driving their own car to Walt Disney World. And when you do this, the number one thing you need to think about if you're trying to go on a budget are parking fees. So first of all, you will pay to park at the theme parks and it is $25 a day now. And Often people ask, am I allowed to go to other parks? Will I have to pay again? No. So if you pay one time, then you can move among the parks throughout that day. But you will have to pay every day that you go to the theme parks. So I like to just add that on to kind of the nightly cost of wherever you're staying. Think about it like that per night or per day that you're going to the theme parks. It's going to be $25 to park there. Now, at area resorts, you'll also often encounter parking fees at resorts as well. I use a resource um, that is resortfeechecker.com to find out if a resort I'm interested in has a parking fee or not. And they're a very trustworthy source of information. I would double check it before I went to book though to make sure that their information is up to date. So I went and pulled some examples of parking fees at um, some popular resorts around Walt Disney World to just give you an idea of what we're talking about here. So at the B Resort, which is a Disney Springs resort, it's $22 a night. And these are all self-parking fees. Like if you're parking yourself, these are not valet. And often these places do offer valet and it's quite a bit more. So at the Best Western Disney Springs, it's $8 a night. At Caribbean Royale, which is just off of a kind of Disney Springs area, is $10.65. 
Sheraton Lake Buena Vista is $16 a night. And at the Disney Dolphin, and I believe the Swan too, it's $23 a night to park. So when you add that, and I'll say average $20 a night to park at your hotel, plus $25 to park at a Disney, at the, at the theme parks, it really adds a significant amount to your nightly you know, charge for your hotel. Something else people don't often consider when they're driving to the theme parks is the parking situation at Magic Kingdom. So anyone that drives to Magic Kingdom parks at what's known as the Transportation and Ticket Center. And from there, you must take a monorail or a ferry boat to get to Magic Kingdom to the gates. Oftentimes, you'll have to also take a like a tram from your car to get to the other transportation. So you do want to allow extra time to do that. Something else you want to allow extra time for is if you're arriving at the peak time in the morning, there are backups getting through the parking lot booths at most of the theme parks. So allow some extra time for that as well. Um, I would say allow a good 10 to 15 extra minutes, factor that into your time that there might be a backup at the um, parking ticket booths. Another consideration if you're driving your own car is that there is significant rush hour traffic in Orlando. So I have suffered from this one time where uh, we stayed at an off-property resort that was just south of Disney World. And we left at like, I don't know, 6 p.m. from Disney World. And, I, and my map said it took 10 minutes to get to the resort. Well, 40 minutes later, we got there because of rush hour traffic. So I would just look at, you know, where the flow of traffic is going to be. And if you're staying off property, take that into consideration as well. You know, if you're staying um, south of Disney World and, you know, the traffic goes into Orlando in the mornings, you'll want to consider that, that you'll be going in with the rush hour traffic. So, and same reverse at the end of the day. So something to think about if you're staying off property. I often get asked about off-property resorts that advertise that they have a shuttle that will take you to the theme parks from their resort. So I would caution against using one of these. And this is the reason that they almost always have a very limited schedule where they may have one, only one bus going in the morning or maybe two different times. And then they will only drop you off most often at the transportation and ticket center. And then from there, you will have to take Disney transportation to get to any of the other theme parks that you want to go to. So it's a very impractical option for transportation. And uh, most people will say, oh, well, I'm, we're just going to take that when we get there. And then they get there and realize how limited it is, and they end up driving themselves. Um, same goes for the pickup times. They're often very limited. And if you're traveling with kids, it doesn't give you the option to leave whenever you want. So I would warn you, you know, if you if you're banking on taking a shuttle from an area resort, really look into it before you arrive so you are not disappointed. Something else related to parking your own car at Disney World is where can you park for free? And there are some places. So at Disney Springs, you can park for free for unlimited time. And there are several different parking garages there. I would suggest doing a little research into where you want to go at Disney Springs and then finding the appropriate garage. I believe there's three different garages now. Don't quote me on that, but it's either two or three. So you'll want to plan your where you're going to park based on what part of Disney Springs you want to visit. It's quite big. 
Another place you can park for free at Disney World are the Disney water parks. It is totally free to park there. And also at Walt Disney World Resort Hotels. I'm going to give a big warning about this, but um, officially you can park at Walt Disney World Resort Hotels for up to three hours to check out the resort or eat there without having had any issue. When you go through the gates, you just say, I'm here to eat or to check out the resort and just to see what it's like. And they'll let you park for up to three hours. But you may be turned away at Magic Kingdom and Epcot area resorts without a dining reservation at this point. So they are changing this policy and I've gotten lots of reports of being turned away and one was from myself. So we tried to go to the Contemporary to see the Christmas decorations and it was early in December and um, we were going to eat at Contempo Cafe, grab some lunch and then ride the monorail around and be there, you know, less than three hours. But we were turned away. We we're not allowed to park the Contemporary because we did not have a dining reservation. So quick service dining did not count. We had to have an actual dining reservation and they would not let us park there. The resorts that I would not bank on being able to park at would include the Contemporary, the Polynesian, and the Grand Floridian, which are on the monorail. I've had a report of a reader being turned away from Wilderness Lodge. It's a boat right away from Magic Kingdom, and I think they're worried about people taking advantage of that and going to Magic Kingdom. Also, the Epcot area resorts. So particularly when Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opens, I believe they will not be letting anyone park at the Epcot area resorts without a dining reservation. So that includes the boardwalk, the yacht club, and the beach club. And you have to pay to park at the Dolphin and uh, Swan anyway. But I will throw in a little tip here. If you have a dining, if you're, you're planning on eating at the Swan or the Dolphin, like we love to go to kimonos for sushi, um, you can park at the boardwalk under normal circumstances where they don't require a reservation, but park at the boardwalk and then just walk over to the Swan and Dolphin because it is $23 to park even just for a few hours there at the Swan or Dolphin. Actually, it might be like $20 for day parking, but it's pretty ridiculous. Another option for getting around Walt Disney World, whether you're staying on property or off, are Uber and Lyft, and these are rideshare companies. I use them extensively now at Disney World. I've gotten a bit spoiled with using them. I'm going to give you some tips on using them and how to have a good experience. So the, the biggest hang up with using these rideshares are the car, is the car seat situation. So before you go, you'll want to familiarize yourself with the car seat laws in Florida, and I'll give you an overview. If you if you're little one is three or younger, you will need a full car seat. If they're four and five, they need a booster seat in Florida. And this is more lenient than most places. You can get an Uber with one car seat through the Uber app. And I haven't yet seen this option in Lyft. Um, so I don't know if you can request a Lyft with a car seat, but I know, so if you have one little one who's three and younger, then you can get an Uber and you will pay more for that, but at least you'll be legal and safe. I really like Uber and Lyft because they're a pretty inexpensive way to get around. If you're going somewhere within Disney World property, if you're staying at a Disney resort, you're going to look at generally between $7 and $10 to get to anywhere else on Disney property. If you're coming from off property, it can be a bit more, but both of those have fair estimators on their website. So if you go to uber.com, there'll be a fair estimator where you can plug in the address if you want to know if you're staying off property, how much it would cost to get from your resort to Epcot and to get dropped off. So oftentimes it will be cheaper than paying the parking fee for the day. So I would recommend doing that. Um, it's very easy to 
get the Uber. There's tons of them just waiting there. You won't wait very long and you won't have to drive and you won't have to park. So the Uber and Lyft pickup is closer than anywhere, basically, that you would be parking your car. So that is an option to look into um, if you don't want to drive to the parks. Now, if you've never used Uber or Lyft before, I would wait to sign up for the service until right before you go, like maybe a few days before you go, do some research, but don't sign up, don't get an account there until then, because you'll get a promotional discount off of your first five rides it usually is, and it varies upon the market that you're coming from, but it can be anywhere from $2 off your first five rides to $5 off your first five rides. So if you're making a lot of short trips on a Disney World vacation and you're getting $5 off per ride, you're barely going to pay anything to get around on your vacation. Then if you know, you're know you traveling with someone, um, a partner or spouse, refer them, you'll get a code to refer them, refer them, they will get $5 off their first five rides, and then you'll get a bonus for referring them $5 off, or however it works out, somewhere between two and five. So anyway, you can save quite a bit by always trying to take advantage of that um, sign up bonus. If anyone in your group has not ever used them, refer them, and you'll both get that discount on probably all of your rides that you'll need at Disney World. And I have an extensive post about using Uber and Lyft at Disney World that explains where you get picked up and dropped off at each of the theme parks and how to use the app and everything. So I'm going to link to that in the show notes. Now, another related option that is not budget friendly are the minivans that are run through the Lyft app. And these are adorable red minivans get it with white polka dots on them that are driven by Disney cast members that are similar to another rideshare vehicle. Um, they are very expensive, unfortunately. So I did a kind of fair estimate to show to kind of compare the cost of just a regular rideshare versus minivan. So if you're wanting to go from Pop Century to Magic Kingdom, it would be $9 for a regular lift and they would drop you off at the transportation and ticket center. The minivan would be $30. Now I will say this is the big perk of the minivans. Well, there's two big perks. First of all, they are allowed to drop off where the Disney buses drop off. So at Magic Kingdom, that's a big deal because they'll drop you off right by um, the bag check basically and the ticket windows. So you don't have to take the monorail or the ferry boat to get to the main entrance to Magic Kingdom. That's a big perk. Another thing is they come equipped with two car seats automatically, every single one of them does. So if you're traveling with two little ones and you're trying to get to Magic Kingdom the most efficient way, it definitely minivans will definitely be the most efficient way, but they are not budget friendly. But maybe it's a special occasion and you want to splurge. Another not very budget option that I used to use at Disney World but no longer do are taxis. And before the era of Uber and Lyft, we would occasionally splurge for a taxi if we're staying at a Disney resort to get to another Disney resort. Because as I'm going to talk about in a minute, that is the main challenge of using Disney transportation is when you go, want to go from resort to resort. Um, I never use them anymore because of Uber and Lyft. I mean, they're two to three times the cost of Uber and Lyft. So um and my last bit of advice if you're staying off property is related to renting a car. So if you're flying into Orlando International Airport and you're staying off property, you may be interested in renting a car. I get asked a lot, you know, how do I find the best deals for rental cars? I use a service called AutoSlash. It is free and the website is autoslash.com. I have done a post about it over on the Frugal South that's just general advice for getting the best deals on rental cars and I explain how AutoSlash works. So I'm going to link to that in the show notes. If you get the best deal on rental car with uh, Autoslash, there is some advice I have for picking up your car. 
There are options for picking up at some rental companies have their cars on the airport property and others are shuttle to take to get off property, off of the airport property. If at all possible, I would try to rent from a company that is right there at the airport. It is so easy. You walk past all of the rental car counters on the ground floor when you're walking to Magical Express, and from there, they just send you into the parking deck that's just across the way. You can almost see it from there, and so it's very convenient if you can just walk over there with your bags and get right in your car and be on your way, so I have done that many times. When you're renting in the Central Florida area, I would also inquire about a toll transponder that will save you a lot of time. It may not save you a lot of money, but it will save you a lot of time. Um, You can get some cars equipped with a sun pass that will allow you to just roll through the tolls all around Florida and you won't have to go through the booths. It is $9 round trip in tolls going from the airport to the Walt Disney World area, and that's three stops at three different toll booths. Um, I would definitely try and get a rental car with a transponder, even if it means having to pay a little fee each day. It will just save you such headache. You have to often, I think, pay cash at the toll booth, so you have to have like $1.50 on hand, and I, I don't know. It's just a big pain in the neck. I never do it. I always get the transponder. Um, Sometimes they will just do um, where they charge to the um, license plate on the car as well. So just inquire about how you're going to handle tolls when you get your rental car because you don't want to be stuck trying to go through those booths. And if you're flying in and renting a car, definitely bring your own car seats or booster seats if your kids need them. That is way cheaper than trying to get a rental car and pay extra for those seats. And every airline, even the most budget airlines, they have to transport your car seats by law. You can send them through with your checked bags and they won't charge you a thing. It doesn't count towards your bag total. You won't have to pay anything to bring your own car seats. Okay, moving on to if you're staying at a Disney resort, what is the transportation situation there? So a big perk of staying at a Disney resort is is that the transportation is included in your resort stay. I love Disney transportation so much. These are the reasons why. It's free. I don't have to pay anything extra for it. You don't need a car seat. In fact, they won't let you use a car seat on Disney transportation, so don't bring it. Leave it at home. That, when I was traveling frequently with my small daughter by myself, was the best thing because I did not have to haul a car seat around. And going anywhere else on vacation, I always had to lug the car seat. So that is a beautiful thing. I think there's way less stress in not driving yourself at all on vacation. I don't have to worry about navigating or where I park the car or anything like that. But Disney transportation does have some limits, and I will explain those in detail soon. So the first thing is the Magical Express, and that is the airport transfer, and that I use almost every time I go to Walt Disney World. People ask me, how long will it take when I get off the airplane to get to my resort hotel using Magical Express? Now, it really does vary, but the average I have found in my experience to be about 90 minutes from the time I deplane till I walk into my resort. And that is allowing for like a brief stop at the restroom at the airport. You don't have to get your bags from, if you checked bags, you don't have to get them from the carousel as long as you put your luggage tags on that you get in the mail before you leave to tag your luggage. And then um, Mickey picks them up for you and delivers them to your resort. I will say about that, that they say it will take, oh, up to three hours to get your bags. I say no, it generally takes way longer than that. In my experience lately, it has been four to six hours to get your bags at your resort. So I would say anything that you think you will need for the next six hours, 
to pack with you in your carry-on if at all possible and do not bank on having that bag quickly from Magical Express. Now on the departure, I love to use resort airline check-in at a Disney resort. That's where you can um, check your bags at the resort and then go on your day. And even if you're not using Magical Express to return to the airport, you can still use resort airline check-in. Now the hours for it are from 5 a.m. to noon. So you do have to get your bags checked in in that time period. Even if your flight is at 8 p.m. at night, you do have to get your bags checked in. By then, that's the only time that the counter is open. Now for... If you are using Magical Express to get back to the airport, they're going to assign you a time based on your departure time for your pickup at your resort. And it's generally three or three and a half hours before your flight. So it's a lot of time. Um, It's to allow for traffic and um, they will pick up at several resorts. So if you're the first resort for pickup, you can have three more additional stops before you even start to go to the airport. So it can take a while. You can get stuck in traffic, but usually I find that I'm to the airport within an hour and I have two hours to kill the airport. I do have a way around this and a little hack for the Magical Express, but I'm really not comfortable sharing it publicly. So I've only shared it with my patron. (laughs) If you become a patron of the Budget Mouse podcast, you'll get access to my hack for Magical Express. And last, you will get a letter hanging on your door of your Disney Resort room the day before you check out that has your time assigned for Magical Express. And you must bring that letter with you to get on the bus. That's kind of your ticket onto Magical Express. So sometimes people ask me, how does it work? How will I know what to do? So that is how it generally works. Now, once you are at your resort, you'll want to know how to get around to go to the theme parks and what have you. And uh, most places, Disney buses will be the way that you do this. And I want to talk about where they go and where they don't go. So from all Disney resorts, there are buses to the theme parks, to all four theme parks. There's a bus to the water parks and there's a bus to Disney Springs. However, the Disney buses don't go from resort to another resort. So how long does it take to get to a Disney theme park from a Disney resort? I get asked this all the time. I do not have a good answer. It just really, really varies. So the drive time you can find out by just plugging it into Google Maps, but that is not taking into account how long you may wait for your bus, if there will be any delays in loading your bus, such as loading a scooter, an electric scooter, and um, if there's traffic or anything like that. So I say in general, on average, I wait zero to eight minutes for a Disney bus to arrive in my experience. Now, it may be much longer than that, but my general experience is, you know, five to 10 minutes, you'll wait for the next Disney bus. The maximum they say that you should wait is 20 minutes, but I have had an instance where it was much more than that, where the um, they now have signs up at the Disney resorts. I think they're at all of them now, screens that will tell you when the next bus is scheduled to arrive. So we were waiting in line for a bus from All-Star Sports. Oh, poor All-Star Sports to go to the Magic Kingdom. And it said the next bus is coming in, you know, it was like 10 minutes. And so it says it's five minutes away. It says it's three minutes away. And then all of a sudden it was like, whoop, and it was 20 minutes away again. And we're like, oh no. So we took an Uber actually at that point. So, cause we were going to the Polynesian to eat. So anyway, unfortunately that does sometimes happen, but I will say in the like, 25 times I've been to Disney World in the last 10 years, that's happened like twice. So normally it's much less. Another thing you want to think about with bus travel time is if there's any internal stops at your resort. So at the larger resorts, and these would be moderates and deluxe, 
there will sometimes be many bus stops within one resort. And when you get on the bus, you'll have to go to all of those internal, not all of them, but some of the internal bus stops before you then leave to go to the parks. So you'll want to factor that into travel time as well and do some research. So Caribbean Beach is one that's super spread out and has many bus stops. Saratoga Springs is another notorious one with many bus stops, but um, several of the other moderate resorts, wait, all of the moderate resorts have that experience. Yeah, where you'll stop it, go to many stops. So that is one reason why I prefer the value resorts oftentimes to the moderates is that, you know, Pop Century and Art of Animation have dedicated bus service. That means that the buses don't stop at any other resort. They pick you up and you go straight to the parks and they bring you straight back. At the all-star resorts, that will always be the case going to Magic Kingdom, but uh, to other coming to and from other parks, you may experience where it goes to each of the all-stars. Though I'm finding that's less and less common, but it does still happen sometimes. A big benefit of the Disney buses is that they drop you off, as I already mentioned, right at Magic Kingdom, where you get off the bus and then just walk down and go right through bag check into where you go get through the turnstiles. So um, that is something I didn't realize the first time I went to Disney World as an adult. My husband and I were like, oh, we're going to drive our own car to Magic Kingdom because it'll be great to have our own car there. We did not know that about the parking situation at Magic Kingdom. So then we never did that again, right? We always take the bus. And related to buses, I often get asked, you know, how to get to the parks early in the morning if you have a before the park opens dining reservation. Supposedly, the buses start running an hour before the park opens or that an hour before extra magic hours start, but often they run earlier than that. In my experience, the first bus to Magic Kingdom will usually go, so if Magic Kingdom opens at nine, the first bus will usually go around 7.30 to 7.45, sometime in that time frame. So if that helps you plan with the bus, and a good alternative is to use Uber or Lyft to get to an early morning um, dining reservation at the parks, and that's what I normally suggest doing. Buses are not the only form of Disney transportation. You can also take Disney monorails, boats, and soon the Skyliner to get around Walt Disney World. And they are all free and anyone can use them whether they're staying at Disney property or not. A quick rundown of the boats. Boats will go from Magic Kingdom to all of the Magic Kingdom area resorts. That's Contemporary, Polynesian, Grand Floridian, also Fort Wilderness and Wilderness Lodge. So if you want to go to eat at any of those resorts from Magic Kingdom, one of your options is to take the boat. There's boat service among the Epcot area resorts and Epcot and Hollywood Studios. That is quite a slow boat, but it is an option to get from Hollywood Studios to the Swan and Dolphin Yacht and Beach Club boardwalk and then Epcot is the last stop and then it turns around and goes back. And another boat line is one that serves Disney Springs and some resorts in the Disney Springs area. So I believe they are Saratoga Springs, Old Key West, and the Port Orleans resorts. I don't know if I missed any, but you can take a boat from any of those resorts over to Disney Springs. And that is a lovely boat ride. That's a nice perk of staying at those resorts. You can take a leisurely boat ride over to Disney Springs. You don't have to ride the bus. And then you can take the boat back at the end of the day. The Skyliner is a gondola system that is set to open in the fall at Disney World, and it will connect four resorts with Hollywood Studios and Epcot. Those resorts are Pop Century, Art of Animation, the new Riviera Resort, and Caribbean Beach Resort. That will be a huge perk of staying at those resorts to be able to get, you'll get to the back entrance of Epcot, and you will get to the entrance to Hollywood Studios, and I cannot wait for that. 
if you are using Disney transportation exclusively on your trip, the big challenge will be to get from resort to resort if you want to go eat at another resort or just to check it out. Now, the easiest resorts are those that are convenient to the theme parks. As I already mentioned, you can easily get to Polynesian, the Grand Contemporary from Magic Kingdom. You can also take a launch, uh, boat launch to Wilderness Lodge at Fort Wilderness. So those are options if you just want to use Disney transportation and you but you want to eat at one of those resorts, you could take a bus to Magic Kingdom and then take um, a boat or a monorail to those resorts. The other ones would be the resorts I just mentioned that, that has boat service from Hollywood Studios or Epcot. So making dining reservations at those resorts and just taking Disney transportation will work as well. Your only option to get to the other resorts, well, you could take a bus to Disney Springs and then take a bus, another bus from Disney Springs to another resort. But honestly, I would never suggest doing that. The amount of time involved is so extensive. <laughs> Unless you really like waiting for buses and riding buses around, I would not suggest doing that to go eat at another resort. Um, I would take a Lyft or an Uber or um, drive your own car. So I haven't mentioned yet, if you're driving your own car and staying at a Disney resort, the first thing you need to know is that now you have to pay an overnight fee to park your car at a Disney resort. That is $13 a day at value resorts, or night I should say, $19 a night at moderate resorts, and $24 a night at deluxe resorts. Now there's two exceptions to this. If you are have rented DVC points, you're staying at a DVC resort, you don't have to pay the nightly parking fee. It's just another one of the amazing perks to renting DVC points, which is my absolute favorite way to go to Disney World. You also don't pay to park your car at a campsite at Fort Wilderness. And I also love camping at Fort Wilderness. So two ways around for the resort parking fee, but otherwise you do have to pay. I think I have covered everything related to getting around on the ground at Walt Disney World and what's going to cost you and where you're going to be able to save money. But if I didn't, if I missed something, please send me a message. You can email me directly. I'm Leah, L-E-A-H, at thebudgetmouse.com. You can um, join our Facebook group. You can just go to Facebook and search for The Budget Mouse. Um, ask to join and we'll add you to our free private Facebook group. You can ask me a question there about Disney transportation. You can find me on Instagram at The Budget Mouse and ask me there or or you can just submit a comment on one of my websites and I will respond to you there. So thanks so much for listening, everyone, and have a magical day. And here are some outtakes for your listening pleasure. Ubers and Lyft are very pr pretty cheap. <laughs> Using Uber and Lyft is a fairly inexpensive way to get from resort to resort. I don't even like that. You cannot take a bus to go from the contemporary to... Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Buses are not the only form of Disney transportation, so I always use. Yeah.